What's going on, travelers? Welcome back to the 57th episode of The Resonance, a weekly Genshin Impact podcast. I am your host, Dalton, and with me is Ran. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Glad to be back. Nice, nice. We're glad to have you back. You're you're like, I don't know, how many episodes have you been on so far? Uh, this is going to be, what, four five? or five now? Yeah, four or five yeah, or so. I think it was five, yeah. Uh, Pharaoh is not here. He could not make it. He is super busy, and due to time zone differences and mine and Rand's crazy schedule, Pharaoh's time did not work out this week. But next week when we finally get into 3.7 and we can give our you know, first impressions of 3.7 that are spoiler-free, uh, the three of us will be back together once again. But other than that, how are you doing this week, Rand? Man, it has been crazy this week, especially in gaming, man. Just been uh, trying to keep up with all the other things I've been doing, trying to keep up with Genshin, uh, knocking out my dailies, doing my uh, the daily double uh, uh, character talent materials. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's been keeping me busy. Yeah, uh, Nikkei just had an event changed where the last event was super serious and depressing, and now the new one is all goofy bunny girls and casino stuff. So we kind of flipped the switch on that. <sighs> so that kicked off. Playing with your your, your feelings. Exactly, man. Well, you got to get both sides of the coin, you know. True. Uh, did that. Uh, big announcements, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a year for fighting games, man. Mortal Kombat just got a new announcement, and it looks phenomenal. Um, Are they doing like a movie or something? Because I, I, it pop. I don't follow Mortal Kombat at all. I don't really follow fighting games all that much. But I did see something about like an actor is gonna like play. I don't know if it's play the character or play their voice in a new game that okay. like that character was inspired off of. Yes. So, um, for, for so for starters, yes, there there is another movie that's gonna be a follow up to the 2021 movie that came out a couple years ago. But what mm-hmm. you're talking about is that. The original Mortal Kombat game was going to be based on the Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was actually supposed to play Johnny Cage in the first game uh, way back in 1992. But at the time, he was like, a, he's like, you know, a, an A-list actor. And he's like, oh, video games are beneath me. You know, I'm not going to get on this. So he didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so now... Now that Mortal Kombat is like, I think it's like the highest grossing fighting game franchise of all time at this point. Sure, like, yeah. Uh, um, I mean, really? More than Smash? Oh, I guess so. It, uh, From what I saw a chart, it beat out Smash by like $8 million or $8 billion or something like that. So like Smash was like number two, and it was close. Yeah. But they've beaten out Tekken, they've beaten out Street Fighter. Um, but now finally, because in the new game, they're kind of resetting the timeline and going back to the very first Mortal Kombat tournament. They're doing an homage, and John Clive Van Damme says, yeah, I'm in. So he's going to get a full skin and cameo appearance in the new game as Johnny Cage. Whoa, that's so, cool. Yeah, so that, that's, it's really cool to see it all kind of come full circle. And now, you know, 30 years later, he's he's finally on board. That's cool. Yeah, I, I saw it, like, very briefly. Like, yeah, very cool. Yeah. But, so I'm excited for that. Uh, Street Fighter Six is coming out. Excited for that. Tekken Eight's coming out. Excited for that. Dragon Ball Z Tenkaichi Budokai Four is coming out. Uh, oh, Pharaoh's man. probably yeah. Pharaoh's probably very stoked up for that one. I'm not sure if he is, but man, I remember playing Budokai like back in the day. Oh yeah, dude. Budokai Two and Three were my jam back then. I will never forget this memory lives rent free in my mind of me holding the controller in my palm and having my other palm down on both sticks and just met and, and rotating like the, as fast as I could against my friend. Like, yeah, man on the, on the beam struggles. Yep. Oh yeah. Those were good times. Oh, I love those games when oh, I was a kid, man. Oh, I'll have to probably get it because man, that game was, and you know, I, it's like, it's funny because I love the newer Dragon Ball games. Like, they have Xenoverse, Xenoverse 2. Um, I didn't play Kakarot yet, but that's more, like, story mode-ish, where, like, Xenoverse is, like, you build your own, like, character out of, like, some of the different races in the Dragon Ball universe, and then yeah. you kind of, like, repair the timeline. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, like, really fun, but, man, Budokai would just take me back. If uh, if Budokai can have a character created the way Xenoverse does, because I did dabble in Xenoverse and Xenoverse 2, 
Mm-hmm. Um, if they can have like a make your own character kind of thing, then yeah, I'd be all over it. Cause I love going and unlocking gear and making my own dude and making him look cool and set his moves and his beam attacks and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, sweet. Those are some good games to look forward to. Yeah. So that, that's been pretty much my week in a nutshell. Uh, what have you been up to? Uh, so I got two different games on Friday and I've been waiting for these for a very long time. And for whatever reason I didn't, well, I know I was I was tight like not tight on money but I had to like be very smart cuz I had my son's birthday that I had to like pay for and that was a lot of money. Um and I was doing some stuff with him this weekend. But then Friday I finally dug in. I got Tears of the Kingdom, so the Breath of the Wild sequel. Knew that was going to be one. Yep. And then I got Jedi Survivor, which is the sequel to Jedi Fallen Order. Okay, yeah, I hear, I've been watching some videos and stuff of that on Twitch and on uh, Twitter, and it looks really good. Yeah, it's it's really good. Uh, both games are phenomenal so far. Like, spoiler-free thoughts so far, Tears of the Kingdom, really great opening. Um, I thought it was, like, very dark, and it was, it was, it was really cool to watch um, mm-hmm. and very interesting. And um, Jedi Survivor, like some of the best storytelling in that whole franchise. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of fans will of the whole Star Wars franchise will agree with me that like the newer movies were a little weak. Um yeah. but the game just this game, these past two games, Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor, the storytelling is so good. Um and it it's like one of those things where you know you play a game and then the sequel comes out and you're like, ah, the first one was better. Yeah. This is like they did everything that the first one did right and then some. Oh, awesome. That's good to hear. So it's really good. Yeah, so, no, yeah. it's always good whenever you hear that a sequel not only, you know, embraces everything the first one did but also capitalizes on it. So it ends up being more good and then some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's really rare. Yep. And, you know, sometimes I think – when I have games and I play sequels that are like that, mm-hmm. a lot of the times I'll be like, uh, you know, I'll think to myself, well, it feels like they were too scared to branch out. But in both these sequels, I don't think that's the case. Okay, awesome. Yeah. I think like maybe Breath, like from Breath of the Wild to Tears of the Kingdom, I think maybe a little bit is that. Like there's a lot that's the same. Like a lot of the noises are the same, which you know, like you have well, the root, like picking up rupees, like that's always going to be like the same, like clinking noise. Well, it uses the same map and everything. They used a lot of the same assets from the first game, and that's why they were able to do so much more because they didn't have to build the game from the ground up again. So, while I agree with you, the world is different. Mm-hmm. It's it's very different because there are some parts of the world that are have been completely changed because of like redacted info yeah. that I'm not going to mention here. But like, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, it's the same asset. It's obviously the same game engine. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's still really good. I was, that's the one thing I was worried about. Like I didn't watch any videos or anything, but like clearly from the trailer, you can see, okay, everything in the sky mm-hmm. that you saw in the trailer is brand new. And that's not what was in Breath of the Wild. But then what's underneath? And when you when you go to these places, I look at it like it's a, a, a different Hyrule to me. So Sumeru Caves and Eremites. Yeah, basically. It's just so wild to see what that franchise done, has done, man. Because like I said, I've been playing games like, since I was like, you know, a kid back in the early 90s. And I remember playing like A Link to the Past. It's like, oh, sweet, I got a boomerang and... Oh, I got a hook shot, and I can throw bombs. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, well, now we're building space cruisers and giant robots and fires coming out of places that it shouldn't come out of. And Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a lot yeah. of that on Twitter. So. That's another thing that, like, one of my coworkers was worried about was that they didn't like the power, like, Ultra Hand, like, picking things up with your hand and, like, gluing it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, one of his worries was, uh, like, it doesn't really make sense. Like, it, it seems like arcadey. It doesn't seem like the normal fantasy. It seems too like sci-fi-ish. And I re- really wasn't worried about that. Um, yeah. But they do do a really good job of of like having it make sense. 
Hey, look, man, so. as long as it doesn't have the uh, motion control puzzles like uh, Breath of the Wild had, I, I'm I'm cool with it. <laughs> uh, so you you can choose to turn the motion controls off. Done. Um, so, and I haven't used any. But yeah, I remember the one shrine that you're talking about. It's like it's like a maze, and you have to move a ball around so, through the maze. Yeah. And then, oh, I cheated! I cheated that. I cheated that. Oh, maze. so did I. Well, I didn't the first time, and then the second time I did it because I did another playthrough earlier in the this year just to catch myself up for Tears of the Kingdom. Okay, but so yeah. uh, we are going to get back to Genshin, but I have to ask, how did you <laughs> cheese that puzzle? So, um. I basically flipped it upside down and then flipped it right back up again and smacked it so it flew up in the air and just fell down into where cool. it was supposed to go. Okay, cool. You did the same thing I did. You just took the ball, flipped it up, flipped the stage, and just catch it, throw it in the hole. All right, yep. awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I basically like threw it up in the air and smacked it like it was a tennis ball. And mm-hmm. yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, because yeah. that puzzle sucks. So. <laughs> yeah, and also it doesn't help that like when I did it the first time, I had way more patience and I had way more time to play games. And then now I'm just like, no, I need to. Same reason why I don't play Elden Ring. I didn't finish <laughs> Elden Ring because I, I don't have the time to fight a boss for four hours and fail and then have to put the game down. Yeah. yeah. And then so. start all the way over. Sure. Yeah, exactly. All right. This is a Genshin Impact podcast. We've had to say that the past <laughs> couple weeks. We have a review reading. Uh, oh, and before I get into it, if this may be, not be your episode, if you are slow moving with story quests and stuff like that, but we are going to go over and give our thoughts on Baiju story quests in the later half of the episode. So just a heads up there, but everything else pretty much is spoiler free. Uh, so if you haven't done that yet and you don't want to be spoiled, you may want to like listen to the break music and then pause uh, before we jump into that discussion. But before we get into all that and the news, Rand is going to read a review for us. So this is a five-star review off of Apple Podcasts. Title of the review is, I love this podcast. This is from Canada. So thank you, Canada. Appreciate it. So let's see. All right. So we got, this is a review from, is it Goobstress? Goobstress, yeah. Goobstress. All right. Yeah. From Apple Podcasts. So they requested that we read this in Catching's voice. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure that Catching was my first five star. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Um, and I had the hardest time remembering what she sounds like, if I'm completely honest. Yeah. Uh, but I did go over some review, uh, some of her voice lines, so let's see if we can do this. <clears throat> oh, man, yeah, this is nerve-wracking. Isn't it? it? It really is. But then, like, you just got to remember that, like, I've done some embarrassing voices, and I'm the only one listening right now. And it doesn't matter, because, like, nobody's going to hear you until they listen to the episode. Yeah, that that doesn't make me feel any better. Sorry. But, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking for a Genshin podcast for a while, and I finally found this one and immediately got hooked. I am excited for all three of you to continue to be on the show together. I love everything you've done to the podcast, and it definitely deserves a five-star rating. You had, like, the tone and everything nailed, but, like, obviously... The female voice is just not in your favor. It, it, no, it is not. Next, next time, some replace, you know, request, uh, you know, Baiju just came out, request Baiju. I'll, yeah. I could probably pull that one off, maybe. We could probably do that, yeah. Yeah. Could, I think you could do that. Uh, well, maybe we'll do that on the uh, on the next one if we uh, if we get a good one. Someone's nice to us. Oh, we have a really good one lined up, but we need all three of us because all three of us have each have a paragraph to read. I saw that mess. I am excited for that. <laughs> we are on Twitter at HoyoCast. If you guys want to check us out there, give us a follow. Uh, and you can interact with us on Twitter or you can, or and, and you can join us on Discord, discord.me forward slash the resonance. Our whole community's there. Um, it's a lovely time there. And if you need help farming for materials, you need help with your builds, anything like that, you want to talk about lore. Uh, you want to talk about why, you know, Sino is your favorite character, why Shenha is your waifu, anything like that, Discord is the place to be. Other than that, let's get into the news. Uh, only two pieces of news, just like last week, not a whole lot, because we're gearing up for the drop of 3.7, which is, I think, Tuesday, right? Yep. Tuesday for, uh, Tuesday for yeah. us in the States. Yeah, Tuesday usually uh, is when we get it here. Yep. Uh, but news piece number one, Kirara's voice artist announcement. English voice voice actor is Julia Gu. 
We did pull up some of her things that she worked on, a lot of smaller supporting roles, like you mentioned. Um, the newest one would have been obviously Genshin, but before that, Wulong Fallen Dynasty. That was a game that I didn't have the chance to play, um, but she played Hong Jing, and she was the English voice actor for that character, but then did a lot of anime TV series. Uh, you said Love Live? Right. Yeah, she was uh, Kiki Tang in Love Live Superstar. Uh, so she did that one, and she was also Shelly Wong in, uh, was it Battle Athletes Dindokai Restart? Uh, which uh, yep. is a busty girl fighting anime thing, judging by the cover. Yep. Yeah, it, it seems like, and then there was Pride of Orange, but I didn't watch Pure Ore at all, so not really... Yeah. But that came out in 2021, so it's kind of newer. It's I guess. relatively new, yeah. Um, but very cool, very interesting to see her. And we obviously heard her in the version 3.7 uh, live stream. Yeah, um, and I think she's doing a good job. I think she, I think she fits the character quite well. I was listening to a couple of her lines before the show started, and uh, no, I'm excited to see and hear her in the game. Yep, JP voice actor. While I don't have her information up right now, Suzushiro Sayumi is the JP voice actor. Um, but you guys can check out her profile and see what she's up to. Um, but yeah, I'm always, excited to see Kiara in the game. I've only seen two things that the Japanese voice actress has been in, and she was a uh, she was Shirogane K and uh, Kaguya-sama uh, Love Is War. Okay, uh, which was a popular series. And that, that series is a lot of fun if you like a uh, rom com. Uh, I haven't watched a whole lot of rom com, but I have heard of that one, and I know it's popular. Yeah, and she was also uh, Uruka, uh, Takemoto Uruka in uh, uh, Bokutachi wa Binkyo ga Dekinai, or Bokuben, which is a We Never Learn. Yep. And I actually watched that anime, and Uruka was actually my favorite character of that one. So it was kind of cool. Oh, to... that's cool. Yeah, so I was like, oh, I, I know this character. That's very exciting. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I haven't watched either of them, but I know of them. So. All right. Other than that, we have the version 3.7 Duel, the Summoner's Summit new weapon overview. This is the four-star weapon that they gave us a preview look at. Uh, this is the Ibis Piercer, which is the bow. Um, these stats are going to be based on a level 90 and R1 rank weapon. Uh, so it's got 565 base attack, 27.6 attack as the main stat. Um, the... Effect that it has, Secret Wisdom's Favor, character's EM will increase by 40 within 6 seconds after charge attack hits opponents. Max 2 stacks. This effect can be triggered once every half a second. Um, can, you charge attack? can you charge attack twice in 1 second? Within, okay, so EM will increase <laughs> by 40 within 6 seconds. After charge attack hits opponents, max 2 stacks. And it can be this triggered a, twice, or triggered so I, every half second. I think the half second is just kind of like... The refresh rate? Yeah, it's kind of just like, okay, it's like an overkill low number so that it can guarantee it, basically. Yeah. Like, there is no mess up. But then so, it's occurring within six seconds, so there is some overlap Right. Which is good. Yeah, well, I mean, it gives you some room to flex and to get your uh, to get your attacks off. Um, but th is this bow? So is this kind of like because it's focused on attack and then an elemental elemental mastery buff? Is this kind of like a like a Tinari bow light? I guess that's what I was kind of thinking. Like, if you want to run Tignari with EM, but I don't know why or like I'm not really sure you would do that. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but. He does seem like one of the characters that would be totally able to utilize us with this quick charge attack after using a skill. Yeah. Um, but I will say that the bow looks great. I mean, I love the aesthetic. Yep. It's got that very Egyptian kind of look to it. Yep. Um, with the gold. And I'm, I'm looking forward to see uh, what kind of color changes and if that red jewel in it really, really lights up once we get it uh, above level 50. Yeah, I love that it looks like a compound bow. I don't know if you know, like, compound bows, how they look with, like, the wheels. Mm -hmm. And it has those, like, kind of wheelish looking um, 
things on the ends of the bow. So I like that. It kind of looks a little like a modern, like futuristic bow, but still obviously like fantasy type-ish. Yeah, it, it looks really cool. And also it looks very different from a lot of the bows that we already have. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, stats stats aside, I really appreciate uh, aesthetic diversity. So I, I'm all for yeah. it. Um, I'm also wondering, since it kind of takes the red satin silk, it also takes the uh, enemy material for the, uh, uh, what is the essential material? A flower yet to bloom. That would have been from the uh, the new Hillitrol rogues, right? Is it? I believe it is. Or is it a, no, I guess they wouldn't use two. The fla- A flower yet to bloom. Yeah, I'm almost positive. Uh, Look that up for me real quick. I'm looking at it. It is dropped by the Hillichurl Rogue in the Girdle okay. of the Sands. Yep. So you got those, and then you also have the Aramite uh, drop, which is, I don't know why that's throwing me for a loop right now. The, the faded red sash. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the Copper Talisman of the Forest Dew, that is the actual weapon ascension material. I, I don't know who else would maybe use this, and I could be completely wrong, but I think the only other like bow user that I can think of that would kind of even take these uh like sumeru based materials would maybe be faruzan i don't know how em works with her but i know em with swirl kind of like helps out and i think she would probably appreciate the 27.6 percent uh main stat but man you like you're sacrificing a lot of er for her like not having her on a favonius weapon yeah i don't use a whole lot of bow users outside of um Outside of Yelan. Okay. Um, which I probably should maybe extreme a little bit more. Uh, but, yeah, so I am, when you were talking about bows, man, I am completely out of my element. See, I use a lot of bow users, but I have no idea how to build them. <laughs> I really want to build up Amber just because Amber gets crapped on a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's one of the you know, original characters. Well, nobody uses Amber except for puzzles. And that just makes me feel sad. And I'm just like, no, I want, I, I want to build up Amber now just, just to feel better about her. As long as you're not one of the people, this came up like not that long ago on stream. As long as you're not one of the people that's like, well, you could uh, solo this boss with Amber if you try hard enough. You could solo anybody with anybody if you try hard enough. I think you could, but with probably like a few exceptions. Eh, You know what? Probably not. You could probably do like anybody physical build or what have you to to beat somebody. But yeah, I don't know. I, I... I probably won't build this weapon. I'll probably keep it unless it miraculously comes up as like a really good free to play, but I I can't see it. But that's just Yeah, me. I mean I'll get it and we'll get the materials and stuff and I'll use it all to, you know, fully refine it. Um I'll definitely I like leveling all the weapons up to fifty to I at least unlock their unique like their their color change. Yeah. Um, so I'll get it up to that and then we'll we'll just see what happens. But I just got the uh, I just got Yelan's bow and the Amos bow like back to back. Yeah. Uh, so so I'm I'm pretty good on bows for right now. And I think I just got R5 Rust too. And apparently R5 Rust is great for a lot of people. It's good for child. And it's, I know it's good for Yoi Mia. Yoi Mia, as well. yeah. Yoi Mia is supposed to be the big one. Yep. Uh, just looking at some of the comments on Hoyo Lab, it does look like this is looking good for Tignari. Um, I guess if you don't happen to have prototype, um, the prototype bow. You, you could use this in a Ganyu, uh, Melt as well. Okay. Um, yeah, pretty much that's it. Or you could just use it because you think it looks good. That is I mean, true. You could do that, yeah. I mean, my, my Nilo is using an Iron Stain because I think it's the best-looking sword for her. So. And it's, yeah, uh, I could I can agree there, yeah. Uh, oh, so sad. Oh, well. That, that's how it goes, though. It does. It does. Aesthetics over everything. That's it for the news, though. Uh, man, this is really gearing up to be a pretty short episode. All right, let's go into a break. When we come back, we are going to talk about Baiju Story Quest. So this is your last spoiler warning before we get into that. Um, and then we have a really fun question of the week, I think, that we're going to Yeah, that's going to be fun to dive into. Yep. So we'll be right back. Yay! We'll be right back. 
And we are back from our break. Baiju's story quest. We're going to cover a couple topics, uh, mostly some of the interactions between the characters that we saw because they were pretty good, I think. Uh, how did you feel about then? The, you know, obviously, we have a problem to solve in this. There is a boy who's looking for his father and he's gone missing, and his father's very sick. Obviously, we know that Baiju's a doctor, so you can pretty much guarantee that. That's how, you know, Baiju is going to be um, interacting with these uh, NPCs in the story. But basically, he's trying to heal his father. Uh, but one of the main character interactions we get is Baiju and Hu Tao. And I don't know if I missed something because when I was first playing through Genshin, I kind of ran through everything as fast as I could just so I could catch up. But I don't think we had an interaction between these two characters before not that i can recall i think it came up in passing where she's just where she just mentions like that pharmacist because mm -hmm. you know who tells always had um a relationship with with chi chi yeah and so i think it's come up kind of in that regard but never like really direct as far as i can recall but at that time i mean that was how many years ago now yeah and I said at that point I was, you know, I was coming back and getting caught up and trying to trying to burn through stuff. So I, it's quite possible I missed something as well. Um, but no, this this as far as in depth engagement between Baiju and Hu Tao is it felt very fresh to me. Yeah, it felt really good, and I never, I don't know why I never thought about this dynamic where, you know, and you know, it it, it kind of kind of makes sense, right? Like Hu Tao is just kind of this character who's like all about death and you know, uh, sending people to the afterlife who need to go. And then you have Baiju who's kind of just like pre preventing that exact thing. So it makes sense that they would have this dynamic, but it, it's pretty cool, right? I mean, Hu Tao is like there to help Ayu's father move on. And then Baiju is just kind of like doing this like voodoo magic, obviously to Hu Tao to keep him alive. And that therein lies the problem. It's like Hu Tao is not like pro death. It's not. It's not what she is. She doesn't want to like. I need people to kill off so I can stay in business or anything. Um, but the funeral parlor has always like she explains has always worked as the kind of like the gatekeeper and and the people that maintain balance between life and death. Right. And there's like there's a natural order of things. You, things live, and then when their time comes, they die. Um, right. But it's like. Like the first thing that we see is like at the very beginning is like um, when I use fathers, you know, about to have something happen. Hu Tao is the one that jumps in and it's like and saves his life. Yep. True. Very true. So Hu Tao is very much of, you know, things deserve to live. You know, we are very we believe in the sanctity of life. But when your time comes, that's it. Yep. And I don't think she minds like the pharmacy, you know, helping people live what she doesn't like is the the uh the unnaturalness involved with Baiju's arrangement with uh, Chung Sheng. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she doesn't really even know really at the at the start at least she doesn't really understand like how he's doing it. No, she has no clue because Baiju keeps it under wraps for the most part. Not very well though because as soon as the traveler interve intervenes the, the traveler's like catching him coughing up blood and stuff like that. Yeah. So which they don't show, obviously. They, I don't no, think they've shown. No, nah, he like anybody. walks out back. He's having a coughing fit, and we kind of stumble upon him. Yeah, but I did, I did enjoy that, and it's not like I said, it's not something that I was expecting, mm -hmm. and I don't know why I didn't think of that earlier. And it kind of had me like thinking, like, oh well, what other like lines can I draw to these characters that are complete opposites that I want to see interact? Yeah. But, and it's just it's really neat to see Hu Tao come in as like, you know, you always think of Hu Tao, you associate her, you know, she's associated with death and her fascination with Chi Chi because Chi Chi, you know, defies the natural order of things because, of right. you know, Chi Chi is a zombie. Um, so it's really good to see her dynamic with Baiju and their kind of arrangement. Yeah. Where like Baiju understands like where she's coming from. But at the same point, he's like, yes, I get that there's a natural order to things, but. There has to be a better way to to protect life and to take care of it and maintain it. And that's what I'm going to do. Yep. I love how also he is very open to her, like, staying. 
He's mm-hmm. always he was always saying, "Hey, you're welcome to stay," and she kind of is always like, "No." Uh, the thing, okay, so he's like those people that they he gives you an option, but he knows what you're going to do. Well, that's I'm saying I like that. Yeah, it's, it's like he's very much like I mean, you can stay if you want to, but he knows he knows darn well that that who tells by nah, I'll wait out, I'll wait outside. Yeah. Yep. So it, it it makes him feel like it's the illusion of choice. It's like yeah, yeah. see, I'm a nice guy. You left on your own free will. Ho ho. And Chi-Chi is very like kind of afraid of Hu Tao as well. Like oh yeah, because Chi-Chi. I, I think Chi-Chi has an understanding that Hu Tao is, like, after her because she does defy the natural order of life and death. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, yeah, knowing that Hu Tao is very much of, we're going to set this right, and I'm curious what's going on. Going to take that tag off. <laughs> yeah, no, and Chi-Chi is very much uh, keeping her tag on her head. It was yeah, just she... actually one of my favorite idol animations for Chi-Chi, actually, when the wind blows. Oh, I never seen it because I don't really use her. But I'm assuming she just like holds onto that tag. Yeah, she, she stands when the wind starts blowing. Her hat starts lifting off her head. And this tag starts flapping in the wind. She freaks out and starts grabbing it to pull it back down. It's really that's cute. actually hilarious. It's great. Um, yeah, I think you know between those three characters, I think the interactions were great. I think my favorite one was like Hu Tao left the room and Chi Chi was like around the corner and she's like, "Did she leave?" Yeah. <laughs> We also have uh, about halfway through the story quest, we have another interaction between Baiju and Chao. And I wanted to talk about this one because a couple months ago we had that teaser trailer for the Lantern Rite. And that involved Shao uh, kind of like fainting. And then Chi Chi brings Shao to Baiju. Um, and now we kind of have a continuation of that. And That's I thought that right. I thought this was great. Yeah, no, ba- Baiju definitely gets around as, like, the guy to go to when something is wrong, mm-hmm. um, which is very neat to see, uh, especially considering how little we've seen up until this point. Right. Um, so I am glad to know that, you know, he is off, he is doing things while we have been, you know, doing our things in Inazuma and Sumeru and everywhere else. Yeah. The longest probably running, like, character that we knew that would be playable, but wasn't for a very yeah. long time. Oh yeah, he was teased back in version like like two point two or two point one something like that. Yeah. Um, but not, I, this one did a lot as far. I think that this character, this character chapters really shine like like you say, in the interactions between the characters. Yeah. Um, the way Baiju's relationship is with Hu Tao, the way it is with Chi Chi and with the Traveler and with Xiao. Um, that was definitely the strong point of it. Uh, I would say that the one thing I didn't like on the narrative side is that it didn't feel like it gave me anything new with Baiju. Um, and maybe that had to do a lot with his reveal and then Chang Chung's little uh, story character animation. Yeah, so I didn't know. I knew that they did those, like they always release the animation and cutscene of the story quest before the update even drops. Mm-hmm. Or at least, like, they drop it, like, the same day or maybe a day after. But when I watched that video, I didn't think that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And when I watched it, I just thought, oh, that was really cool. And so we talked about it on the show, but I didn't realize that was the end of the actual story chapter. So when I played it and I got to the end and I saw the cutscene, I was like, oh, I can't believe I just spoiled everybody. Yeah, well, like, that was – I don't think that was intended because – I think that was supposed to be more of a, oh, well, this is Chang Chung's kind of thing. I didn't yeah. expect to see that again at the end of Baiju's character chapter because that animation yeah, came out before his character chapter came out, I think. It, yeah, they usually do do that, though. Like, that's hmm. something that they do and I because I've seen people complain about that. Oh. And and I was – and, you know, I was on the defending side. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal. You just don't watch it. But in this mm-hmm. case, you're right. It's more about Chang Chung. But Unless it because Chang Chung – Right, because Changsheng is like an extension of Baiju. You like that's it. Mm-hmm. So, and I did like seeing Baiju come around, and like you, you get a little bit more dive into his motivations and his methods. And by the end of it, you see like, like you, you see what he has learned at the yeah. end of what he's able to do and to help the people that he's trying to help. Um, the thing that I have, especially with these five star character chapters, is I want a lot more 
background diving, I guess, mm-hmm. um, into character origins, where they come from, why are they the way they are, where, you know, what have they been doing um, with Raiden Shogun. We did a lot of character development with her. We saw a lot in her past with Yai Miko and, um, and her, her sister. There was a lot of diving in. Uh, just recently, we had Dea's character chapter where her holding with her kid and her father. And I thought that was just fantastic because all stuff that I did not know. Um, but then when the change, like I said, the change shown character chapter came out and I saw this like, oh, well, this is these are Baiju's motivations. This is what he's doing as a doctor. These are the source of his abilities and his vision. And this just felt like a little bit a little more um, extensive telling of what we already saw. Yep. And because it didn't give me anything fresh, I was kind of lukewarm on it, if I'm completely honest. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, I can see where you're coming from. I don't. I think going in, I didn't have that lukewarm feeling coming out, or I should say coming out of the end of this quest. I didn't have that lukewarm feeling because I, I kind of have grown to know that the overarching story of these quests, especially the five-star story character quests, they don't really have a whole lot of, like, they don't provoke a whole lot of change in the character by the end. It's mostly you maybe learn a little bit about the character, but they're ultimately the same person at the end. I don't know, man, because oh, we just did Nahida's second character chapter, and that was amazing. I mean, yeah. you, you watch Nahida grow leaps and bounds in her character chapter with the whole thing of the, the self-sacrifice and okay, how she's okay. learning. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, okay. So that one, yes. They have I'm the gonna... potential to do it. It's just sometimes they really, really hit the mark, and other times they just they just kind of not so much. I would say it's like 75-25. Okay. That they don't hit it and 25% that they do <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think a lot of that's a credit is that the writing has gotten a lot better with uh, with Sumero because Nilos was pretty good. Uh, both the Nahida's chapters were amazing. Deus was really good, and and I don't know why. It's like I'm really enjoying playing Baiju in the game. Uh, I've really come to really enjoy his character, but I just feel like there's just so much more they can do with him that they're not capitalizing on, and I just don't know how else they can go about it. <sighs> I think, and I think Pharaoh kind of alluded to this last week where we talked about, you know, how we were liking Baiju, what, like why wasn't his reception into the game very, like taken very well. And I think it's just, you know, for a character that has been, you know, in the game and you know that he's coming, you just don't know when. I think, you know, next to, he probably is second to Skarmouche as a character that you want to be playable and you, you probably, you have, you have, you're like 95% sure that they're going to be playable that his, you know, the delivery just wasn't there. Right. It was a very, very boring kind of delivery. You got a story quest. It just didn't seem like the hype was there. It was there when I think he got announced and there wasn't much else other than his story quest. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sure, but but in in regards to that, I feel like Scaramouche, like the hype got built up around him because we've been dealing with Scaramouche since, right? I mean, Inazuma Liyue, and he's had all this time to be developed. Like we've grown to loathe this character and interact him because he's been such as he's always popped up. Yeah, he's been this constant antagonist, um, and so his his release, I would agree, was not as impactful. Ha ha ha. As I thought mm-hmm. it was going to be. Yeah, yeah. But I do feel like that he's had so much more buildup and so much interaction. And he's he's showing up in all these events and other characters' stories. Yeah. And he's so intertwined in things that he he came in and he came in a lot stronger. He had a lot more buildup. Um, where Baiju, again, like we said, showed up you know years ago. And we may, like Pharaoh says, that we've seen him like here and there. But I can't, I can't recall. And then it's just like, here he is, and here's the character chapter, and that's it. I'm like, where, where's, where's the integration? Where's the buildup? Where's, where, where do I develop the affinity for this character? You got it. Last we saw him, and I remember this, last we saw him was right at the end of Yelan's story quest because 
the guy that she's supposedly supposed to be taking over or finding a person to replace him, he he's sick and Baiju's there right at the end. Because I remember like talking about how, oh, like Baiju's there. We saw his dendro vision and all that. Like, but that was the last time we saw him. It was like a five second cameo. <laughs> yep. And then before that, I beats me. I don't remember. Yeah. And that makes me sad um, because I feel like that this character, something that someone that's been alluded to that, you know, as the original Dendro character that was leaked um, or uh, him. And then I think wasn't Yao Yao like teased like way back then, too. Yeah, not teased in game like Baiju was, but mostly in like mm. promo material and trailers and okay. stuff like that. But yes, gotcha. So yeah, I just feel like that these two characters that had such like a spark and such a tease, like so many, like yeah, I feel like they could have been done a lot better. Here's- that being said, I think Yao Yao was super cute. I love her gameplay. Um, I do think Baiji is interesting. I've really been enjoying him in my uh, my burning, not my Burgeon team. Thank you, Angel. Um, but on my burning team, and he's been phenomenal in keeping my day up. That's cool. Um, so yeah, so I, I really hope that we see more of him. Uh, as the story continues on and yeah i would assume so yeah i would assume that we will probably see him in like probably like the next lantern right um the next big leeway event i would i would assume that you would see him but i think if they really wanted to get the most out of baiju's entrance to as a playable character in genshin i think their number one thing would have would have to not have introduced tignari and given us Baiju instead. And I think, you know, in 3.0, when we came to Sumeru and everybody pulled on Tignari, if Baiju would have been there, that would have, I think that alone, you know, the very first Dendro five-star we get is Baiju because he's been teased, da 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 Like, I think that would have been a way warmer welcome. But... I would... Yeah, the the question is, and what still is, is where where is the story integration for a doctor from the UA um, to come in? Um, and like, it's so like even now it feels kind of, and I think that's part of the reception. It feels kind of tacked on. Yeah, I mean, but like, it, I mean, at least to me, it it would have been really easy. I mean, the whole time, Kale oh, yeah. is sick, and. I can see that. Maybe he's like on a trip through and he's stopping and he's helping this girl. Or we're just like, hey, let's go. Like we meet Kali and she's sick and then we're like, nobody can figure this out. And the traveler's like, oh, but don't we know a doctor? Like, oh, yeah. Okay. We could have sent been, him I mean, off. Right. right. But yeah, it could have been. Send you off to find the cure for Rana. There you go. The R&R quest. Yeah. Get on with it. Yeah. You, have yeah, you go do this for the next. Yeah. You go do this for the next three months. Yeah. <laughs> God, uh, I will. I will never stop giving that that questline crap, dude. That thing pulled me in, and oh my god. Yep. Oh man, do you remember? Oh, that's such. To me, it was a. It was a drag. At the end of it, it was worth it. But man, did it did it drag? No, no. The end was totally not worth it because they did a fade the black thing of her getting her vision. We deserved an animated cutscene for all the crap we had to go through to give her her vision, and they just oh, this this shimmering light appears on the side of her belt. I'm like, screw you, animate it and show me this happening. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, I would have much rather like I do want to say though before we get into question of the week, I would love to see her come in as a playable character with just like a new outfit, but same kind of like face. And you know how we have like Kirara who wields a sword, but all of her animations are her claws. I wish we had like an ax, but she does use that that battle axe animation. Doesn't she? Yeah. Be really cool. Dude. I would love to see some of these characters that we've been running around with and adventuring with like, with uh with Rana, we did stuff with her. Uh well all the stuff we did with Jet. Yep. I would love to see them come back later as like, you know, they've been adventuring, they've been doing their things. You know, Jet has got her vision now, her outfits changed and but she's still got her her dual uh Qatar punching dagger fight style. I'm like, oh yes, give me all of that. Yeah. I think they oh, could please. do it easily. Oh, they could, and I hope that they do. I'm not gonna hold my breath, but uh but I, I will I will hope deep down in my heart. You're going to be holding on to that for a long time. 
Yeah, there's a couple <laughs> things that are kind of nestled down there that I hold I hold a light little flicker of hope, but uh, that, that's all we can do. Yep. Okay, we're going to skip Wish of the Week you're saving now, right? Are you still going for C1 Baiju? Did you get C1 Baiju? I did not get C1 Baiju. I don't even know how many Primo gems I have. Let me take a look real quick. I think we're going to skip out anyway, but I'm I'm curious to know if you even have enough for, like, are you still... Uh, I mean, I can I can do a single pull. Um, I'm at like fifty pity towards my fifty fifty, but I'll do a. I got a single blue gem. I can throw at it real quick. Go ahead, do it. Let's see what happens. Maybe we'll get lucky on the uh, standard banner, or maybe we'll get a slingshot. That works. Yep, too. Yep. There you go. Yeah, add that, that to that, your, that sounds about right. Add that to your Tignari instead of. <laughs> oh yeah. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Question of the week. This is by Sunny. This is literally posted today as of this recording. Question of the week. I have fallen so hard, in all caps, down the Genshin rabbit hole. I'm not usually prone to gaming addictions, but I have to admit I've really been playing this probably an unhealthy amount. I have Genshin dreams now, not a complaint. As more seasoned players yourselves, how do you maintain a healthy game life balance? Have you struggled with spending hours in Tavat? when really you should be doing other things like sleep. I've noticed that I have to keep myself in check and make myself take breaks every so often, or I get too tempted to just sit here and play all the dang time. I'm not doing too bad, honestly, but noticing that I have to really work on keeping myself from playing this an unhealthy amount has made me wonder if you guys have had the same struggle and how you've dealt with it. Wow. Uh, So one, uh, uh, shout out to Sonny for joining the Discord and being, I mean, very, very active at your... Yeah. They came in, so now we we love seeing uh, new members and stuff jump in like that. But yeah, that's a that that's a good question. Um, you want to take point on this one? Uh, yeah. So <laughs> it's funny because when I started playing Genshin, I was just like, "Meh, I don't really like this." Like, and then I stopped playing, and then stopped playing for a while, and then a buddy of mine was like, "Hey, Inazuma, the place is beautiful. Looks great." can't wait to get in so i was like you know what what the heck i need a game to kill my time when you know my wife goes into a store real quick i can just hop in and like do something or whatever and here i am now um but yeah i play every single day um now probably a little bit less than i did but man when i was going through inazuma when i was playing catch up it was if i could log in and just get to the next destination, not even accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. It, that was that was enough for me. So I would play a lot, and I you know I I do play, and when I say play, I play. Like I don't just log in, do my dailies, you know, get my resin down or turn it into condensed or whatever. I will play. Like I will log in every day and be like, okay, I'm gonna farm some materials for Layla today, or um, I'll fish a little bit today, or I'll run through and. Uh, create some stuff for the teapot. Like I will actually play the game. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel you. I have definitely, if I asked my wife, like, Hey, do you think I'm addicted to Genshin? She'd probably like, yeah, Uh, because (laughs) I do have that same problem where I will pull my phone out. It's very bad. And sometimes, you know, my wife has to bring me back to earth because I will literally pull my phone out in the middle of a conversation because I remembered my resin is like about to cap out. Uh oh. Oh, I had this conversation with her the other day. We we're walking down the hallway from the apartment in the apartment to go to our car to pick up our son from school. And uh I was like, Oh man, I need to I need to use like forty resin real quick because it's gonna cap out. And so I wanted to like fight Magu Kenki because I'm pre farming for Kazua. And <laughs> She was like, really? You're doing this while walking down the hallway? Like, you can't just put it down? And I was just like, it's going to take like two minutes because it will take me two, like not even two minutes to melt Kenki down. Yeah, but it's the principle of the exactly, thing. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I do find myself trapped, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I think at least for me, yes, sometimes I stay up way too late. I blame most of that and it's fair blame on my crazy work schedule. Cause I work 12 hour nights, so I can't just like Ugh. fall asleep at a decent time. Like my wife can. Yeah. So naturally I'm just not tired at night. 
Um, so I do play very late, but usually I play later than I should because I play till like 3 a.m. And then I got to go to bed and wake up at, you know, 7 to start getting my kid ready for school and all that stuff. So, yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know how I'm doing it now because I have not capped out on resin and have not capped out on Trailblazer power in Honkai Star Rail at all since launch. And believe it or not, Star Rail has been out for almost a month now. And I still, even still have time. And, you know, obviously Star Rail has auto battles. So it's really easy for me. At one point, I was auto battling on my phone and playing Genshin on my PlayStation at the same time in the middle of the night. Oh, I do that. So it's yeah. it's easier that way. But because I couldn't imagine like having to actually run through every single battle in Star Rail. But I still somehow have time to play other games. Like I am literally, I played uh, Jedi Survivor last night. I played a lot of Tears of the Kingdom today. So I don't know. I I could probably say what helped me is I know how to prioritize. And yeah, there are some days where I will strictly just do my dailies and my resin and get off. But then there's some days where I do some more. Um but really just prioritizing something that I struggle with is like self-care. Like, hey, man, did you did you shower today? Like, make sure you shower before you play Genshin. <laughs> or oh like, God. yeah, or like, did you eat? Yeah, no, I always eat like the food's always there. It's always like heating something up, playing Genshin while it's heating up at the computer. Yeah. yeah. Um. So like. But it's it, it'll be like, hey, uh, you know. I like I shave my head because I'm I'm balding. Uh that's not news to anybody. So like it takes me about 2 minutes to shave my head if I shave it every other day. But it's like some days I go 2 or 3 days because I'm what am I doing in my free time? Not keeping up with shaving my head so I look presentable, but um it's me playing Genshin. Star Rail. I could either spend two minutes shaving my head or I could spend two minutes farming some Praxis. That's right. That's right. So, (laughs) yes, I think, you know, I struggle with it. Uh, But if you just prioritize, um, you know, I know you probably want to farm for materials and level up your characters. But, you know, just do, I would say, prioritize the things that you can miss out on over the things that you can't miss out on and Mm -hmm. i think if you if you just prioritize it that way it makes everything so much easier but what about you oh yeah nice segue um sorry (laughs) no no no, you're good man Uh, i'm totally with you uh when it's come to things like this uh i've come to learn i do get a very addictive personality Mm -hmm. um years and years ago uh i was really really big into world of warcraft oh yeah i'm Um, sure that that's a huge rabbit hole to go down yeah, and it, it was right when Wrath of the Lich King was coming out. And, I mean, I was buying... I bought the Collector's Edition. Uh, Mountain Dew had Game Fuel, and it's, like, all of that I drank. Yeah. Because um, I would go and buy all the uh, all the World of Warcraft Mountain Dew cases I could find. Game Fuel um, was a thing when Wrath of the Lich King was released? Yeah, dude. Whoa. Game Fuel started with, like... I think the first one was, like, for, like, Halo. Well, I, I mean, and that I can when, see. Uh, yeah, and then when Wrath of Lich King came out, they came with the the horde. The horde was like a code red kind of Mountain Dew. Oh, that's cool. And then and then the Alliance had like the purple voltage one. That has to um, be like even a though, thing. Like someone has two unopened cases of both colors somewhere. Oh, absolutely, one hundred percent. But even as a dedicated horde player, the uh, the uh, the horde Mountain Dew sucked. Um, oh, that sucks. But so I just, I mean, that was at that time I was an assistant manager at a quick trip, uh, fuel station. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I had that and I was also trying to go to, go to college at the same time. So I would work from 11 at night to eight in the morning. Then I would go home. If I didn't force myself to sleep, I would play wow. And then I would try to, then I would go to college and I would film all my classes then I would go home. I would sleep for like two to three hours. I would go back to work and hit the cycle over and over again. Yeah. And it, it destroyed me. Um, and I've always had that issue. And after that, then I got into World of Tanks and I was playing, playing tanks. I'm a big World War II buff. Um, so when it comes down to Genshin, uh, I played at launch and I liked it, but I didn't get fully addicted to it. But like with you, 
when it came when I came back into it, and suddenly there was so much to do. I was still in Liyue, and Inazuma had been fully released uh, just about. Um, I think I came out like right when Raiden Shogun was was being uh, released as a playable character. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, there's so much. And I mean, I hammered through it. And I mean, I, I just jumped right in and I was, it's all I played. Yeah. It's all that I was going through and I, I loved it. Um, But like I said, I had the same issue where it's like anytime I had a spare moment, I'm playing on my phone. I'm doing my Genshin quest. What can I do for this? What side quest can I do for that? Am I doing, you know, t- uh, Tatara Tales today? Or am I going to do these dailies? Or am I going to go through the Archon quest? Uh, I got to go down to the chasm. Um, and it was a big issue. I mean, playing hours and hours and every day. Uh, but now that I'm finally getting caught up on content, I can start to kind of reel it in. Yeah. To the, like, at the point, like right now, I, you know, we didn't have a lot to cover this week because it's a slow week. We're waiting for the next patch to come down. So I played the Baiju story quest, and that was good, and it got me through. And we've been able to grind up materials, and I've been able to prioritize that. Um, I'm not as super obsessed uh, that's probably not a nice word to use, but uh, I guess punctual on the resin cap. If my resin caps, I really don't care. Yeah. Um. Like I'll go through. I'll make my condensed resin. You which could have I said anal just... if that's what you were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> that's just... probably an even less nicer term about it. I mean, like it's but, not. Uh... Yeah, it's context ran. <laughs> you're you're good. Yeah. You can say that yeah. you're not anal about your resin, but go I'm ahead. Not, I'm not OCD <laughs> about it. There, there we go. You go. Yeah, that'd be diplomatic in my terminology. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I, I can do things like that and I'll go through and I say, I've got 22 fragile resin in my bag, mm-hmm. which is huge. Cause I'll like, think, I wish I had that, like I'm over here spending yeah. an extra 10 on the battle pass just to get that extra five. Well, it's also, I also go through, it's called, like, I'm going to do these domains and I've been trying to farm artifacts for Dea, artifacts for Baiju and the artifacts domains just do not like me, but I'm also very picky. So if I get a piece that says defense and a main stat or a subset, I don't care. I don't care if it's got two other, two, three other great sets. If it's got defense in there, it's trash. Yep. And oh, I burn yeah. it up. That's... I'm with and that it makes, with it makes farming for artifacts even that much harder because people are like, no, nah, just roll. And if you don't roll more defense, you're good. I'm like, no, nah, man, it's got defense on it. It's garbage. Yeah, that's a little... Um, uh, that's excessive, I think. Yeah. So <laughs> but that, that's just a me thing. Um, but on that, man, I said, if, uh, if I'm at work and I'm sitting there and I'm in... Uh, you know, I'm construction technology. I do a lot of firmware and software updates and flashing and stuff like that. And if I got something programming, it's like, oh, this is going to take 30 minutes. I'll sit down, whip out my phone and knock out my dailies or weekly bosses or a domain or whatever I can do in that time, then put it back away. Right. Um, but I mean, as far as like managing time, it hasn't been so bad since I got caught up. While I was getting caught up, it was bad and I was not managing time well at all. It's like, any moment I had that wasn't working, eating, sleeping, I was Genshining. Same. I was, yeah, I was hammering through Inazuma, then Sumeru came out, and I was hammering through Sumeru. Um, but I mean, like right now, I can kind of space things out, because people always contain about content dro- uh, content drought once they get fully caught up, because people like to speedrun things. But I still have Farozan's character hangout. I still have Layla's character hangout. I just did Baiju's character chapter. Um, after this patch, we'll have the event, and we'll have Kaveh's character chapter. So I'll always have something to do that I'm not pressured because it's not prioritized. Mm-hmm. But like, during this next week, the event will come out. So all the time that I have spent, hey, I've got half an hour or an hour. Let's do some event stuff. Yep. Um, because like the character hangouts aren't going anywhere. They're always going to be there. Yep. Um, so, I mean, that's the best way to do Like you know, Like you said, you know, the best thing is like, is this a limited time thing? Yes. Focus on that. Um character hangouts don't don't stress about that they're more fun the character chapters for like the five stars so you do have to do those to progress a lot of things characters become locked behind them uh nahida's had a weekly boss locked behind it so you kind of want to prioritize those if you can um but again definitely focus on the limited time things because uh, one a video that was shared with us on our discord channel before uh i think it was um Keaton shared it was the Zeppla uh, review of how she came back to Genshin Impact where once the events are gone, they're gone. FOMO. And yeah. And that, that's, that's pretty much it. And I hope that they implement it in the future, but as of right now, there's no way to go back and experience these things. You're going to have to watch a video on YouTube or something like that because I mean, 
all of the stuff in Dragonspawn with Eula and Rosaria and all that, I missed out. I had to go back and watch videos for it, and it's not the same experience. I don't have this affinity for Albedo that other people do because I missed out on that. Yeah. And that that really, really sucks. So see these events, and yeah, this event looks like, oh, it's going to be a trading card game. It's going to be silly. It's going to be goofy. These events always, always, always have character building and world building in them. Please do not look down at it. Even if you don't, you, know, you don't care about the TCG or you don't care about the combat events, get through them so you can learn about these characters, so you can build upon the world. And if the content is not really your thing, it's not going to be bad, but you might just be kind of lukewarm to it. But you'll really appreciate the experience that you get out of it. And I can't stress enough to really focus on it and to make sure you get those story bits. Because if you skip it, like, oh, I don't want to play the TCG thing. And it turns out there's some great lore building for Sino or Kabe or Kirara locked in behind it that suddenly you miss out on because you didn't want to take part in what you thought was a silly event. That's going to really suck later on. Mm -hmm. So time limit events, jumping on them, prioritize them. Grinding artifacts can always wait. Grinding domains can wait. Character hangouts can wait. The Archon quest isn't going anywhere. So, yeah, that that that's those are the best tips I can give as far as you know managing your time. Yeah. Uh, so, I have like two closing thoughts just to add on a little bit to what you said. If I had to give someone like strict advice on like how to prioritize, for me. It would probably be, you know, given if like an event just dropped today and it's like a three week long event that you have time to finish and you have an hour to play, like I would do run through your resin or condense it all, do your dailies, and if you still have time, do the event or don't. And save the event for, like, another day or the next week. But if you get down to the last, like, the third week and you still haven't touched the event, that whole process kind of flips. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty good rule of thumb. The other thing I did want to say was, you know, when you mentioned, like, Nahida and, you know, you want to do her story quest so you can unlock the world boss, 100%, right? But with a huge asterisk there, only because the story quests can be locked behind other quests that are also locked behind other quests. And then you're, then you're, it's not just, Oh, do Nahida story quest so you can get this boss unlocked. It's now do these, all these quests to get to Nahida story quest to then unlock the boss. And I think that's kind of where the problem lies is because when you're trying to unlock stuff that's early on in the game, it's kind of okay. Cause you don't have a whole lot to go through, but when you get, to like Nahida story quest where you need APEP. It's like it's it's not just a one-time quest or two or three quests. It's like a lot. And yeah, so no, it's it's like when I was going through the chasm, I was like, oh, I want to do Yayland story quest. Oh no, you can't do that. You have to do all the stuff in the chasm. Yeah. Well, I guess I'll go do stuff in the chasm. Oh, you can't do the stuff in the chasm. You gotta do Ito's character quest. Well, I guess I'll go do Ito's character. Oh, you can't do Ito's character quest. You got to do Yaimiko's character quest. I'm like, oh, my sweet, merciful Jesus, just let me play the game. Yep. So, yeah, but the character quests are, are very important. Yeah. Uh, very good question of the week, though. I don't think we've had that one been asked yet. So No, no, that that, that was fantastic. And um, I hope that some of the advice is, uh, is helpful anyway. Yeah. Just take care of yourself first and foremost, and then prioritize your gaming. That's it. Yep. Always prioritize real life. Yep. Patreon shout out. We have Bustin, Nyanko, Flame, DJ Aegis, Supi, Neku, Penguin, Raichiha, and our very own Rand. Thank you guys very much for supporting the show. Definitely appreciates it. Other than that, Rand, where can our listeners find you? Uh, you can find me both on Twitch and on Twitter at that Randman, all one word. Um, see me tweet about all my mobile games and other little happenings and you can learn that i made hamburgers for dinner tonight i saw that they looked very yeah. yummy i was i was very excited for my, my burgers came out very good tonight i was very proud of myself it made me really hungry for fries <laughs> or i did right in the oven man hey. if you guys want to get a hold of the show like i said at twitter 
or on our Discord, discord.me forward slash the resonance. Um, other than that, I think that's all we really have. You know, we always talk about how these episodes are going to be short when they're slow, but dang, we keep going over an hour, so we get it done. We're a lot better than we have been. We've been we've come up to the cusp of almost two before, so we this did. is all right. That's right. Uh, enjoy three point seven that drops like the next day after. Well, I guess if you guys are in Europe or in uh, an Asia server, you're going to get it a little bit earlier than we are in the states, but. Enjoy 3.7 because we won't talk to you guys until then. But next week, we'll probably just go over spoiler-free first impressions of 3.7 and how we're liking it. Uh, probably give thoughts on Kirara if one of us manages to pull. I think I'm going to have a hard time not pulling like single pulls, even though I'm extremely low pity, just because I really yeah. want Kirara. Yeah. So, but yeah, enjoy 3.7. Hope you guys have a good time. Enjoy the new event that's coming out. Um, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, man, we'll see you then. Ad Astra Abbasas. Mm-hmm.